someone to walk away from this and not do anything we said, what are the top three things that they could like think of? If you're getting burned out throughout your day, one breathe. And one of the breath patterns that I really like for resetting, if you're not doing box breathing, is inhale as much as you can through your nose and then a little bit more. So it's two inhales and then an exhale through your mouth. Um, two, touch your toes. And then three, transition well. Whether it's from call to call or from work to home, intentionally know and say to yourself whatever it takes that I am not on that anymore. I'm not on the rig. I'm not in the hospital. I am now at home. And whether yeah. it's, it's when we go from thing to thing, to thing to thing, overstimulated and don't release ourselves, that's when we get burned out. So transition well. Yeah. Just being mindful of what you're putting into your body. It's making the, the, making the space and the time for your own self-care and um, awareness, honestly, just awareness. Welcome to our Crafting Wellness podcast. Today, I have the honor of introducing Sean is a Los Angeles firefighter and Sammy is a registered nurse and holistic nutritionist. Um, today, they're going to talk a lot about nutrition and health and wellness and how to keep you healthy and sane. <laughs> My name is Sammy Mancini. I am a registered nurse and holistic nutritionist. Um, I'm based out of LA. Sean Percy Travis. Uh, I work in LA as a firefighter paramedic at the engineer rank and been studying health and wellness and longevity practices for about 15 years now. I got my college degree, uh, a couple degrees in like fields, working on my master's and doctorate uh, towards that and also have a few certifications in strength training and um, developed a company called Functional Hero to help promote tactical health and wellness for first responders. Sammy, I would love to hear how did you fall into becoming a nurse and um, a holistic nutritionist? Um, so honestly, health and wellness has always been an obsession of mine ever since I was a little kid. Um, in college, I studied physiology because I thought I wanted to do the med school route. Um, but I also had all these nutrition courses that I was taking along with it. Cause I also, in the back of my head, nutrition was always just something I was fascinated with because everything you could always just apply to yourself. Um, I ended up not going the nutritionist route cause I ended up with have I would have had to stay in school for another year. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> um, and then I ended up doing nursing school, did that, started working in hospital world and realized it wasn't really my, my passion in that world. And then switched over to working in a regenerative preventative medicine uh, med spa and was doing that. And holistic nutrition just kind of integrated its way in. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, all these people are coming in and no one's taking care of their nutrition. And I was very boggled by that because um, I'm like, this is what's fueling your body. This should be, this should be basics 101. And instead, especially in hospital world, you were seeing people just being fed cheeseburgers, soda pop. You were getting all of these foods where nothing was actually nutrient dense. It was just all empty calories. And it just, it, it boggled me seeing all of that. And I was consistently having patients ask me, well, what should I be doing at home? What should I be integrating to help with this? And no one was really educating them on that. So that's kind of where I jumped in and then took ship. And that's where I am now. I love how you talk a lot about food being, uh, you know, it, obviously it is a fuel for our body and are the choices that we make every day to put what we put into our body matters and it's going to affect how we feel. Um, Absolutely. A lot of times people forget that because um, 
food becomes emotional, you know, because it's a mm-hmm. pleasurable. So you're like, oh, I just really want to have, I'm, I'm so stressed out. I'm going to go for this candy bar. When in reality, that's actually the worst thing you're doing for yourself. Um, in the moment, it might taste really good, but in, in an hour or two, when you're having that crash and your body doesn't have any nutrition, you're going to be feeling that. So I just think it's a really important thing to talk about, like how you battle between um, helping people with their emotional like response to wanting to eat something and actually making a choice to say, no, this is what's healthy for me. And this is what I should be eating because it probably becomes like a habit. I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. And not even a habit, but your body becomes addicted to those foods. So they, they crave it. They want it, even though it has no nutritional help to your actual body. That's it's their body craves it on a genetic level. It literally craves what it wants. So like for those who are addicted to sugar, as well. Sugar brightens up the part in your brain the same as heroin does. And they've done studies on rats as well, where they rats were given the option between sugar and heroin, and they kept going back to the sugar because it has such an addictive quality to it. So it's very fascinating seeing all these people who need all these help, but instead just go for whatever's quick and efficient, and it makes them feel happy for those few, few minutes. And then afterwards, it's just a crash and burn. And long-term, of course, it's just destroying your body. So I'll introduce myself. I'm Sean. I'm a sugarholic. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, and I mean that seriously. I actually, I really do. So to back up what Sammy's saying, sugar is the most addictive drug we know on the planet. So to understand that we're not, um, it's not a discipline issue when you feel drawn to the cookies or the chips with the sugar in it or the bread with the sugar in it. You're dealing with the most severe addiction we know to man. And just understand that, like, and for those of you that deal with alcohol or actual drug problems and have conquered them, you get it, right? You don't walk into a bar if you have an alcohol addiction. So you just have to treat it as such. And I'm a sugar, I'm a sugar, I'm totally addicted. So if there's cookies on the table, I can't break the seal. If I have one, I ended up having, and I'm not exaggerating, probably 20. And I believe that. Hammer it and hammer it down and that's it. And think about, to prove this, like, think about, is there any other food that you do that with? Like, do you pick up a broccoli, a stick of broccoli and eat one and just start hammering down a whole bag? Like, no, because your body's working on literally an addictive state and it just obliterates your system. So for those of you struggling with sugar highs, lows, ebbs, flows, it's totally normal. Just understand it's an addiction and we can conquer addiction by habits and that's it. But yeah, yeah. so into the nutrition side of um how we cook the station and everything yeah i go bar none to make sure um you know everyone puts in 10 bucks for one meal 15 bucks for two is kind of how we do it um and then we go out with that budget and shop at the grocery store and the cook whoever it is that day then cooks within that budget well for me i don't care i I take that 10 bucks for that one meal but then let's say it adds up to 10 guys at the station so i have 100 bucks and say everything i bought was 150 i just absorb the cost because i will rather buy the health food that I know is going to taste good, but also give the guys the good meal and just absorb that cost then um, budget essentially and buy them crap. And just yeah. because I know one, it is that addictive and two, how destructive it is to us. So like Sammy, and I'm sure you can confirm how many diseases, essentially all of them are due to inflammation and inflammation due to insulin sensitivity and resistance. So yep. how do we- all, all chronic diseases lead mm-hmm. back to chronic inflammation. Yeah. And the number one cause of that right now is 
we're talking Alzheimer's cancer, cardiovascular, obviously diabetes. Um, mm-hmm. How sensitive is your system to absorbing the sugar? Meaning, can your insulin pull the sugar and put it in the cell? If you right. badger it down your whole life with high sugar foods, it just gets tired, for lack of a better word to say. So you're putting high sugar foods in your system and your insulin's like, nah, I'm over it. That's when you become insulin resistant and you get stuff like type two diabetes and so on, increase the inflammation. Right. And, and did you hear about um, is that they're now considering Alzheimer's type three diabetes? Yes. Yes, I yep. did. Yeah. So your mental so diseases are based off of how you eat. And, oh, yeah. Right. And it's, it's mind numbing. And, and it's the one of the things that's really frustrating is that it's the older generation. It's my parents are 70s, 80s. So it's that generation that's having to deal with this. They had no idea. They were doing the best they could at the time. The food industry, as much as we like to demonize it, wasn't trying to make a bunch of people sick. They were trying to make food easy, store well, preserve well, and get it to everyone's table for a cheap price. Totally. Well, how do you do that? You make it taste good with sugar, the cheapest sugar you can, which is corn because it's subsidized, put it into everything, and now you're dealing with sugar across the plate all the time. And now they're dealing with the after effects. So now we're trying oh, 100%. to- Oh, 100%. Yeah. Or sugar, is, sugar is the new cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, and they know. Oh, the other thing I saw the cigarette companies when they got handled in courts, finally, you know, tobacco is a drug and that whole like campaign actually won. Do you know what they yeah. all bought up? <laughs> what? Sugar. sugar. Yeah. They all went into like all the sugar companies, all the companies that promote sugar because they know they can do the same exact marketing campaign, get into a kid, get into his head, make it happen early. And then boom, you got scary. Yeah. Yeah. It really is scary. Even watching little kids walking around when they have like their giant bags of Doritos or soda pop, they have all of these things that are just so sugar dense Mm -hmm. that you're like, this is serving your body zero, zero value. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And actually you, you said a statement that I'm starting to change in my own vernacular and that's zero calories. Yeah. I actually want to shift that and say, I don't think there is such a thing as zero calories. It's either good or destructive. And so zero calorie food is actually destroying you. So if you yep. have empty calories, that's actually destructive food, right? Oh, it's absolutely. Because it's not giving to your body, but if it's not giving, what is it doing? It's destroying. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'd love to talk a little bit about, because I know sugar gets such a bad rap. Um, do we feel this way about natural sugar? Like, is that, is it that way for fruit as well? Because I wonder my mom is, you know, she's older too and um, she doesn't eat a lot of sweets and stuff. And the doctor says, you know, you have to stay away from it. And I tell her, well, mom, I think fruit is okay. Um, and the doctor likes to tell her, no, she can't really have any fruit. What is your thoughts um, about fruit and being sugar? Because I, from what I understand, since it has fiber in it, um, it's a different type of sugar altogether than what we're talking about. We're talking about like refined, processed, white right. sugar. Um, So usually with my clients, I have them, I'm okay with fruits and berries, unless they do have, um, like if they're they're showing to be pre-diabetic and they do have those issues, then I have them switch more to the berries because berries won't have as much of an effect on your blood sugar level. Um, When it comes to fruits, you just kind of have to be mindful with it because they they can spike your blood sugar. But again, I'm with you on the fiber because they have the fiber and they are also healing your gut in that aspect. It's okay in my book. You just kind of have to be mindful. So like I have those who want to create all these smoothies in the morning, but I'll look at what they're putting in it and it's just all fruits. I make sure that they integrate more vegetables into it. So that way you're just at least not getting that huge spike in that blood sugar and it's going to be a slow rise and then even out. 
So as long as you have some balance with the, the, the fruit, I think it's okay. And then if you do have that crazy sweet tooth, berries are my go-to. Yeah, and to back to Sammy's saying, uh, fibers are key, right? And it's how fast is that sugar getting into your system and then spiking and creating that insulin response that we were just talking about. If you right. don't have fiber, fiber is like your, it's your goalie. It's chilling it out. It's letting it absorb slowly so that your brain doesn't get this like immediate boost of just like the craze, right? The sugar high. And then <laughs> yeah. what happens after you get the sugar low. So if you get something high fiber, then it kind of creates that balance absorbing effect and is allowing it to hit the cell at a healthy rate, essentially. So it digests through your GI tract at a normal, healthy rate. So when you're having like, um, you know, a candy bar or anything with like fructose, high fructose corn syrup, you know, or even just like juice concentrate, which doesn't have the fiber, what's it doing? It's, you got the, you got the go without the breaks. So you're just getting this massive spike and then you get the whole, you know, downward spiral of what's happening with high sugar, low fiber. Yep. And another way, um, if you do want to try and prevent the blood sugar from jumping all the way up, in your meal, if you realize that you do have a bunch of fruit and berries with you, one of the best ways you can actually do on your plate is if you go for the proteins and the fats first before you start eating the carbs or the berries that it can also help uh, stabilize your blood sugar as well. So it doesn't give that huge, crazy jump up and then. That's a great tip. In both of your professions, it's so easy to um, not take care of them, of yourself when you're taking care of so many other people. Um, and a little bit about why you think that is, is it because of stress? Is it because of, you know, crazy schedules, being tired? It's kind of ironic that, um, you know, when you're in an industry where you, you're taking care of other people so much, you're forgetting about, you know, taking care of yourself. Absolutely. I mean, I saw that all the time in the nursing world. I saw so many nurses that would spend so much energy taking care of everyone else, but they didn't spend any time taking care of themselves. And that was one of my biggest things that I was very much so made aware that I need to protect my own energy and my own health because how am I able to take care of anyone else if you can't help others when you have an empty cup? So I was very much so trying to implement that because I would walk into a 7 a.m. shift at the hospital and come into a break room and the entire table would be filled with KFC chicken. Uh, like everything was deep fried waffles, like you name it, where I was like, where can I have a hard boiled egg <laughs> or can I have something of any nutritional value? But they just kind of go for whatever's quick and easy. And I was talking to Sean earlier about this, about how um, a lot of health professionals, like they really do just go for whatever's quick and efficient because a lot of times they don't even really get a break. Um, they might get a 30 minute break, maybe a 15 minute break here and there, but unless they really push on it, like I had days where I didn't have any breaks, which is A, illegal, but B, it would just completely destroy you where I'm like, okay, I don't have time to eat. I don't have time to sit. I don't have time to care about myself for five minutes. And instead you're spending all this energy trying to take of your, of your patients, but even they're not getting the most quality care that you could provide because you're so depleted. Um, so it was really hard seeing that and or they're dealing with more health, health issues than their patients are, and they're still trying to sit there and work. Um, but I definitely believe that you just have to be aware 
um, that I feel like awareness is like number one. The second you're aware that like, okay, I need to at least make sure I get 30 minutes today or at least get 15 minutes. And like go outside, take a walk around the block, try and get some nature, some sunshine just shining on your face or making sure you have food that's readily available. Because a lot of times nurses would show up and have no food and then just need to go buy fast food somewhere nearby and have those two minutes to order and then quickly eat, shove it down their throat and then go back to work. So it does take awareness of knowing that you need to prepare your food ahead of time. It does take awareness of knowing that if you need to take five minutes to just breathe and find a quiet space to do it, do it. Otherwise your pa patients are at risk for your lack of care as well. So it's kind of, you have to find that balance, but it's hard. Like people don't, they get in that, that mindset that they just need to keep work, 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 work. Don't take any time for themselves where you have to be your own advocate for that. So I don't know, it's difficult. Yeah, and the, the accumulation of, you know, if you do that for one day, one shift, it's like, okay, you know, things happen. But the accumulation right. of these careers that can go for 20, 30 years. A hundred percent. You're doing that. And like, obviously that's going to wreak havoc on your body and you're going to be feeling it. Um, yeah, right. Especially all the patients who try to bring you cookies to thank you afterwards. You're like, no, no, I'll take carrots and celery. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, or they try to like bring you a pizza. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm like, please no. <laughs> I was the weirdo at the hospital that kept bringing in all the healthy snacks where everyone else just wanted donuts or sugar of any sort where I was like, oh, I brought vegetables. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's funny. Half of my clients now are uh, medical professionals in some route, whether they're nurses or PAs, and they're asking me nutrition questions because they were never they never studied it, so they don't really understand, but they're dealing with high blood pressure, they have uh, eczema, they don't, their skin's breaking out and they don't know why, like all of these symptoms where I'm like, well, yeah, you just need to eat healthier. And then the second I put them on a plan after a couple of weeks, they're like, I feel like a brand new person. I'm not depressed. I'm not anxious. My skin cleared up. I'm not bloating. Like it really is interesting to see individuals who are supposed to be the ones that are 100% knowledgeable in the healthcare world, but then when it comes to their own health, they're kind of lost. And say, Sean, what do you see in the fire world? Same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's almost, you know, and I, I deal with obviously first responders considered your type A, uh, your, your alpha, so to speak. And so we come into a lot of stubbornness and then neglect to look internal. Yeah. And, you know, I felt, I felt it myself, obviously being part of that, um, but had to had the foresight to actually look internal and see like, yeah, if, if I'm depressed and anxious and gaining weight and also, you know, getting all these skin issues and stuff, what's, what's the problem? What's really going on? And right. uh, yeah. And a lot of it is nutrition. And a lot of it is how we transition. Um, like you were saying, do your five minutes of just taking a like, deep breaths. Can you, can you do that? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. Like no one is too busy to like just transition well. And uh, on a previous podcast was talking about how I'll do that after every call we have, whether it's three calls for the shift or 30 calls for the shift. Every time I'm coming back and, you know, you can do this between patients or however, it's just, how do you transition? I'll do box breathing and I'm driving the rig and we're all talking and stuff. So no one really knows what's going on. You don't need to sit there and be in like a meditative state, you know, in a cold, dark room, <laughs> like just, just yeah. control your breath, right. And reset your system. So that it brings you back into the creative not fear mindset. And totally in box breathing again, define is, you know, pick a second. So I'll do four, four seconds of inhale and you hold it and then exhale for four seconds and then hold again for four seconds. 
So each side of the box is four seconds. Gotcha. And that just resets it's, your system. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I used to bring uh, my lavender essential oils to work. Yeah. Because when people started get when people started getting overly stressed out, I would just send them out and put some lavender on them. But then it got to the point where physicians knew where I was by my smell. Yeah. They could smell that the hall, and they'd be like, "Hey, can I have some lavender?" Uh. I'm stressed out. I'm like, "Yeah, sure." That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. So I actually I have this graph here, and I'll, I can read it. Um, but it talks about the states of early indicators to critical uh, stress management, right? And I think Brooke, that's kind of what you're getting into, is, you know, we're in a high stress, low rest environment first responders, healthcare professionals, right? We go, 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 go. And it's almost taboo to take a 15 minute break and a, what, a 12 hour shift, Sammy? Yeah. Right? Like, what is that? But half and, the time it ends up only like almost being 30, 13 hours too. Yeah, but of yeah. course, right? Yeah. It's always longer, get there early, you're leaving late, you know? Yeah, and because you're committed, you're passionate to your job at the same time, like make sure you're able. And it's a slow mm -hmm. chip at a big block. So you don't feel it overnight. You don't feel it over, you know, a week, a month six months but take if you you know if you've been on for five years look at where you were five years ago if you've been on for 10 years look where you were five years ago like are you where you want to be are you the same person are you better or are you like just doing this like slow demise into what Absolutely. this this graph from the read off and it leads to this generally this order but obviously make or break um starts with stress so you have that stressor and then you'll get burnout and burnout will start to create, and it's generally in this order, this from, you know, studies and studies of psychology, relationship and issues to life change, major event, anxiety, um, parenting and depression, panic disorders, OCD, severe anxiety, to eating disorders, to severe depression, to suicidal. So that's the path you're taking. If you're on a stressed environment, which if you're human, you are, but I just feel like first responders, healthcare professionals, military, we're, we're kind of at the precipice of that. Um, in my opinion, right. We can argue all day who's stressed yeah. more, but like <laughs> so we're in that, we're in that stress environment. Well, that's the road it goes down. If we don't maintain, if we don't, like Sammy said, make sure your cup is full. Where are you headed? And the answer yeah. is pretty dark. And I've seen it now. I think a lot of podcasts, I had nine. Now I know 11. I know 11 people who have taken their own lives in my line of work. And we just had this horrid experience at one of our fire stations uh, a couple of weeks ago that five years ago, and we all, we all know these guys, like there was no way these guys would do this. So how did they get down that road of just the dark, right. dismal, like taking their own lives and doing it in a horrific way? And it's, it starts with, you know, we laugh like, yeah, sugar's an addiction. And, you know, oh, you don't take breaks. Oh man, you guys, we work so hard. Aha, uh -huh. like we're not sleeping. It's like, well, wake up because if you're not starting and maintaining your date and transitioning right and then ending your day correctly, this is where it could lead. And Absolutely. it's not healthy. And like, this is the darkest it could lead to. You know, we had a murder-suicide within our fire stations. Not everyone's going to go that dark, but I don't even want to be on that path. You know what I mean? I don't even want to mm -hmm. be like teetering with those ideas with those. And, and I've dealt with depression, anxiety through my job, through lack of rest, over stress. And it's not where I wanted to be. I looked at myself and I go, I, I don't even know if, I would want to hang out with me. You know, I got my good days and my bad yeah. days. And it's like, is this, this is not okay. We have to fix it. And so we start doing this by self-care, eating right. Obviously that's, if you're not eating right, you're, you're screwing yourself right out the door. So 
but eating right, taking control of that, and then taking control of your transitions. Like, are you breathing right? Are you taking control of your breath work? The one thing that can go from your automatic autonomic nervous system into your control, like go back and forth, right. take control of your body. Are you, are you stretching? Are you moving? Are you doing what we do? Like it's, it's a, it's a lifestyle that we've chosen. That's high stress, low rest. And we're constantly, constantly chipping away at this block. Well, we know the road it goes down. It is super dark and dismal. And we don't want to be that person that's bitter to hang around. We don't, we want to have, right. I want to be that dad that's tossing his kids in the pool at age 60 and having a blast doing it. And I'm going to be. We heard about how you're going to be tossing your kids in the pool at 60. I love that. I love that. Yeah. You know, yeah. because people, we want to feel good. No one wants to feel bad, you know, right. Comes to the point where you're like, all right, I feel, I feel bad enough now where I don't want to do this anymore. And I have to make those steps. Cause I think it's just not easy to, um, you, people expect right now, I want to feel better right away. Oh, well, I ate broccoli and chicken last night for dinner. I didn't lose any weight and I still feel crappy today. What the heck? It's like, it doesn't work that fast, but everybody, right. we're in a society now where people expect it like, oh, well, I did that one thing that one time. So it should work now. And it, it just doesn't, it takes patience. It takes small changes. It takes Absolutely. Um, you know, some consistency. And I think that's what people need to realize is like, if you, if you're looking and you're thinking, okay, I have these two options for food today you know, just always try to make the better choice, make the choice that's, you know, the, the ingredients that you can actually pronounce um, as natural as possible, I would think would be the best as low in sodium, mm -hmm. sugar, and um, try to just like implement that as much as possible instead of having a soda, have water or have a green tea or have an iced tea. Absolutely. Water. It's the small changes that make the big changes at the end. So I always tell my clients like, don't try and get overwhelmed with these fad diets. Don't try and do all these different changes all at once because it's not sustainable. If you can at least do one change a week, that will get you on the right path. You're not going to see results right away, but you will see them later on down the line. Mm -hmm. I've noticed a lot of young people seeming to have a lot of um, like autoimmune and like thyroid conditions um do you see that a lot sammy with what you do a lot of um i have been seeing a lot of autoimmune issues and a lot of times it does go right back to your gut um people don't realize that over 70 percent of your immune system resides in your gut so when you are feeding it a bunch of food and you're just and it's not nutri nutrient dense and it's just a bunch of processed food inflammation is going to be through the roof and your body's not going to be able to have that proper immune system that it's supposed to build so it is one of those things where it's you are seeing it a lot, but the second you start making these minor changes, your body will appreciate it. And in the long run, you will see changes for the better. So how would um, someone know if they were inflamed? Can they tell, are they bloated or are they fatigued? Like what are the signs of that you might have inflammation and you might have gut issues? Yeah, it might be uh, if you're feeling anxious all the time, if you're feeling depressed, you're bloated, um, your body just feels off. Like you don't, you feel like almost like brain fog in a type of sense. Um, your joints start to hurt. Um, it's different things for different people. Um, but usually you can also get a blood work done, have your CRP checked. And that's a huge inflammation marker as well to try and see what's going on internally. Yeah. And kind of like back to what, Sean, what you were talking about with, um, kind of just the way that the slope kind of goes down to this really dark, place that obviously no one wants to go to um, intentionally. Um, I think um, I'd love to talk a little bit about Functional Hero. 
um, and tell everybody a little bit about how you're combating that and how you're advocating for um, you know, first responders and firefighters and military and people in, in these um, kind of jobs that um, might be unknowingly going down that path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the good news is that that's not the only path we can be on, right? There's, there's numerous paths that we can be on in this life. And if we're on the overstretched and arrested, that's where it goes. And that's the step, right? We don't want to be in that. I'm not going to be on that. I'm committed. I'm going to be doing epic shit my whole life. And I've chosen that. So that means every day I need to be doing something that adds to that pot, not to the overstressed mm -hmm. pot. So is it choosing the healthier meal over the donut and the pie, right? Obviously, yes. So let's do that. And like Sammy said, just pick a thing a day or a week, like just do something that gets you back over to that other path. And with that high stress, low rest environment of first responders and healthcare workers, um, it's tough. It's tough to make those decisions, especially when you're, you know, you're called upon nonstop and we're almost expected, expected to show up. Actually, we almost, we definitely are expected to show up hundred percent all the time. Right. So how do we get back to ourselves? And it's by doing these lifestyle habits that don't take much time. They really don't. It's making that decision. Like, am I in the best shape right now that I'm ever going to be in for the rest of my life? And that was a gut check for a friend of mine who wasn't in that good of a shape. And I'm like, Hey dude, are you, are you making good decisions? Cause the way you eat and the way you move and the way you like transition throughout your day, you're, it's, it's not, you're not getting any better. So this right. is it. This is the best you're ever going to be. Are you good with that? And obviously he wasn't, he started making some really good transitions. And, and so that's what kind of functional heroes coming on around is how do we get it in the hand of all first responders of, the best way to move and the best way to transition, the best way to regain the health of our nervous system so that we're in that, that strong, vital path. Like, what are those things? We've all heard about it. And, you know, you hear about like ancient practices or new practices or whatever, you know, oh, you should breathe. Well, yeah, okay. Oh, you should stretch. Okay, yeah, like eat well, cool. Well, it sounds simple until you go to put it practice in your own life. And then it's right, you're you can only lead a horse to water. And so that's what I'm trying to do is lead every single one of us to that water and just say, all right, here is the step-by-step. -step. Take the thinking out of it. The research has been done by people far smarter than me and more aged and wise and all that good stuff, full of panels across the board for decades. Here's the results. Do this. And so I'm pulling it all together and putting it in one app for that first responder world that healthcare provider world of saying like, look, we get our lifestyle is not the cyclical one of your average human. We don't wake up and go to sleep in the same bed every night, nor mm -hmm. do we go to sleep every night. We don't have control over our schedule and excuse my language, but there's something at the station. It's a joke. Like you never get to shit shower or shave without getting interrupted. Like, <laughs> so you're always on edge. Well, if I'm always on edge throughout the day, how do I bring that back? How do I bring that health back? How do I, how to recover my nervous system? Right. Am I taxing it more with obviously this, the caffeine the energy drinks right they have long list of stimulants tobacco how many guys do i know that dip that start with an eight in the morning lipper and then start yeah drinking. i know guys that take a lipper put dip put pouches in their mouth to go to sleep like it's dude there's there is some extreme like stimulant <laughs> addictions going on in the station and uh in the force and so how do we bring that back right that's not that's not sustainable so functional hero I've committed, our team is committed to 
putting those, those easy health and longevity measures into our hands. And one fitness, right? You can't talk health and not say fitness. The body was made to move. The number one way to uh, get rid of inflammation and increase your longevity, increase your mood is to move, right? Your musculoskeletal system is the biggest burner of blood sugar. So it was made to do this. It was, you want to regulate right. your insulin, move. If you want to regulate your blood sugar and your mood, move. Like that's the, one of the biggest things, which goes to show that the body and the mind and the spirit are all connected. You can't have this mixed match hodgepodge thing. You have to realize it's all connected. So we've based off of decades of research, come up with the tactical, tactical athlete that you are as a first responder, come up with the proper ways to move that don't overtax your system, but rather help bring it back. So how do I continue getting stronger while not tearing it down? And there are ways. We do know ways. So there are ways to move in different periodization and modes and methods. So we put that all. That's it in the palm of your hand. Now what else? How do we bring that nervous system back? How do we get that transition throughout the day? How do we get your system reacting in a vital way and not a just trying to survive way? And so you put those habits in there and just get them one by one. Maybe you do them all today. Maybe you get through half the workout, maybe pieces, maybe half of the biohacks, maybe just one. Like I don't, I don't care. And I don't care if you get it here <laughs> or somewhere else. The point is like, are you adding to that bucket of, of life or are you going down that stress and burnout hill? Like right. which one are you adding to today? Because there's no such thing as stagnant. You're either growing or you're dying. Pick one. So what are you doing today? Enjoy that cookie. But if you're going to enjoy that cookie, like earn it. You know what I mean? Do stuff like that. Like Give figure me some out your burpees. Way. Yeah, do some, exactly. And I always, I always do that. I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, then I have to earn it. I have to put something else in the other bucket. If I'm going to have, and if I can say okay to one, which is really hard to me. So if I can say yes to one cookie, then I got to go do that. You know, whatever thing it is to put that back in the health bucket. So yeah, so, on my run being like burrito, burrito, like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. Bread, you want that burrito, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and hopefully like we don't exercise so we can eat like crap, but I'm just saying like, if you're ever going to, you know, you got your cheat day once a week or once a month or whatever it is, like and you start to lower your cravings, but every now and then it just, it is nice to have that glass of wine and a piece of squash pie or whatever it is, but um, enjoy your food and don't be an enemy of it. Don't let it rule your life right? Have it be the greatest source of health and enjoyment and pleasure. We were created to enjoy food, right? We're not supposed to demonize it. So let's figure out a way to enjoy the crap out of it. Yeah. Do it in a healthy way that rejuvenates our system and understand how to rejuvenate our system in so many different modalities that we, that are at the tip of our fingertips, but you either do or you don't do. So functional hero is bringing it to the palm of your hand in an app, sign up, boom, there it is. I love talking about like not demonizing food and I would love to hear if you guys have advice on um, maybe some ways to have things a little healthier. Um, you know, when you go to Starbucks and you order your latte or you um, want to have a burrito or whatever it is, do you guys have any advice on like how to just make normal things that people want a little bit more healthy? Like, what do you guys do? People who, who need that energy fix, who need that, like, who right. are in careers like both of you are, they're like, I need a pick-me-up. I'm working a 13-hour shift or I'm working all night. Like, my body is not accustomed to being up at these hours. What do you guys do to, um, to get that energy, um, that caffeine fix or whatever that is to get you through, like, in, in a healthier way? So there are actually a lot of superfoods that also provide caffeine, but it's, it's, 
it's just not the extreme to these Red Bulls or these Bang energy drinks or any of these others. So I started having um, some friends that, that were also nurses in the hospital world where I would give them smoothie recipes. I'm like, okay, try bringing a smoothie to work in the morning instead of a coffee. If you need a coffee later on in the day, sure. But starting off your morning and instantly needing that coffee immediately jumps up everything and then you crash back down. So I would always try and get them on a smoothie route first, give them a little bit of the natural sugars, give them some of the natural caffeine through the superfoods. And then through then later on in the day, if you need a coffee, you need a coffee, but your, your adrenals aren't getting burnt out where the second you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing that you need. So it's, it's little, little tricks of the trade, but those energy drinks are just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fo fully agree. I mean, so uh, what I've participated in, and then also I've seen a lot of coworkers participate in is doing, I feel I need to get up or I just want to, whether it be go do a workout or, you know, just feeling sluggish throughout the day, it's jump to the caffeine, maybe some nicotine and no water. So I have, I have a checklist that I go down and these are granted nicotine, caffeine, like these can be healthy aids. They can be phenomenal, yeah. nootropics, stimulate the mind, have you be more creative, but own the drug. Don't let the drug own you. Mm -hmm. And that's when we rely on in the morning. I can't wake up. I have a blazing headache before I have a cup of coffee. It's like, sorry, that's, yeah. I've been, I've been symptom of that too, but that means that I'm addicted to caffeine biologically. So my brain cannot get to normal function without that caffeine boost. The drug is now owning me. So time to cut back. But when I'm feeling super fatigued, like tomorrow I start an eight day shift, which is really cool. Um, I'm going to be at work for eight <laughs> days. So when I go on these long stents or whether it be a brush fire or just a lot of days at the station, um, I'm going to run into burnout and some fatigue. So what do I do? I check one, my first thing, have I been hydrating today? So if I'm feeling that brain fog that just like, holy cow, I could lay down next to that table and make it comfortable. Like, you know, like I remember back as a kid in school, I would be like, imagine just like getting on the ground under my table and like taking a nap. Like I get that tired, right? You know, and I'm not a growing boy anymore, so I shouldn't be this tired. So like, <laughs> if I'm, if I'm not hydrated, that's the first thing. So I'll go in and I'll chug as much water as I can take down. And it'll help sometimes to put some lemon and some Himalayan salt or Celtic salt, like an advanced salt, not a simple table salt. They operate very different in your bloodstream. Um, you know, just to help stomach it because it is hard to digest and absorb a lot of water. So I'll, but I'll put that down, you know, and I'm sweating all day. It's a very gritty job. You know, it's not like I'm in an air conditioned room all day. So check that after a couple cups of water and like being intentional about hydrating, not taking a couple sips, but really putting it down. How's my energy? Am I still foggy? Now I check my breath. Am I breathing shallow, not recovering? Am I, you know, kind of in that stress mindset? Then I'll do a couple rounds of box breathing or 3160, which is three in, hold for one, six out, or four, seven, eight, which is the same pattern, four in, hold for seven, exhale out eight, eight seconds, and do that, you know, a couple rounds, four, five, 10 rounds. If I still don't feel good and I'm like, but I really need to be going, then I'll go to the coffee or then I'll go to yeah. the and this is rare, right? Usually those couple of steps, you know, or I'll like touch my toes, bend over and touch my toes, get my brain below my heart. So it can kind of assist in that just like over oxygenation system into my head. Um, do a couple of those methods. And how long would that take? 20, 30 seconds to do everything I just talked about right there. Right. Yeah. Chug some water, take some breaths while I'm doing the water, touch my toes. If that really didn't work in a couple minutes, then I'll be like, all right, I'm gonna have half a cup of coffee. See if that boosts me a little bit. 
And not only that, now that I had the coffee, I'm also hydrated. So it's going to like help my system out a little bit more. And then even then there are some form, clean forms of, of nicotine, like Lucy gum, which I'll go to though. But again, it's, I only go to those things as the, okay, I'm really hurting and I need to be up for a couple hours. Right. It's funny you mentioned even like touching your toes because it is like just bend over touch your toes, stretch it out. All of a sudden you stand up and you're like, oh, I feel a little bit better. Mm -hmm. I used to make other girlfriends with me in the hospital. We would do like, all right, 10 jump squats. Let's do this right now in the hall. But it was the (laughs) second you did that, your blood was flowing. You had a little bit of adrenaline. You were happy and you woke up a little bit. So, yeah. 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 And you start to realize like your fatigue isn't actually a drain or burnout it's just you just need to reset your system mm-hmm. like you just need a just a quick reboot real quick turn the turn the power off and right back on again and you're like ah oh, i feel revived right it's not the same as like having a shot of espresso or two no you're not going to get that same <laughs> no. jump you're going to be like i'm okay i'm okay like i don't feel like i need to curl up around a table and pass out so, <laughs> yeah. sammy i would love to talk to you a little bit about um any kind of like stretches that you recommend because you know we're talking you were just talking about the gym squats i think that's such a great little tip trick for um for healthcare professionals who are like feeling fatigued do you have any other kind of like tip tricks like quick wake me up um that you as a nurse uh would do with your um co-workers to kind of just get that energy back or to um... like honestly we would grab those saline bags and just do like squats with press with those because we would we would laugh at it the whole time and we'd be in the med room doing this so of course no patients are saying any of this but it was enough to just like okay let's wake up the body for a second so even doing like little lunges sitting down into a nice deep squat because it's kind of hard since you're in not a not the most sterile of worlds um so everything isn't very clean so you can't really lay down but even sitting in your chair and crossing your legs over bending over um doing any type of that or even using your desk and popping it up to to where you're standing instead of constantly sitting because most nurses are hunched over all day long charting all right stand up most of these desks are adjustable so you can make it where you're standing up all the way do some lunges while you're in that position do some charting any type of movement, honestly, is ideal. Or even having, um, like even having, I would have one of my girlfriends just kind of squish my traps because you realize that you're also crunched up and everything is so tense where I would just be like, hey, breathe. And all of a sudden shoulders would drop two inches. Mm-hmm. So it, it is really bad when you're constantly focused and crunched over a computer all day long or moving patients all day long. Because if you don't have the proper body uh, mechanics, it can really, really hurt you in the long run. But yeah, any type of stretching, any type of just bending over, using your chair as a, as a type of modality or just being aware that I shouldn't be sitting down for 10 hours of these days. Like I should be standing up. I should move around. But yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult when you're in hospital world just because you only have so many places you can hide and try and do this. <laughs> I was like, the med room was always my favorite though. That's great advice. I love that. And what about for you? Because I know a lot of times you can actually be super active. They have gyms at these <laughs> at their firehouses. Yeah, yeah, this do. isn't okay. fair. Okay. Yeah. You, You're working now. Come on now. No, I'm, just I'm like, yeah. you guys have a gym. You guys have a kitchen. If we had a kitchen, that would have been a world of difference. Instead, yeah. it was like one fridge where everyone just shoved their food in. And that was the extent of that. Which 
to validate what you guys are saying, we should be the healthiest mofos you've ever seen then. And we're not, so, <laughs> right? We literally have a set of weights. We got bikes, we got treadmills, we got a kitchen to cook in. Granted, our time is not our own when we're there. So, you know, you're, you're lucky to get a workout in if you get a full one in. You know, there's days where you don't even get to touch any modality and uh, you're out all day, all night, and you don't get to cook your food. So there are those days, but um, yeah, for like, if say, say we're having that kind of day and I can't like literally go put together a workout and go in and out, um, literally the simplest things of just touching your toes. That's, that's about it. Like that little stretch right there. And we're actually on our feet most of the day. So uh, retilting your pelvis back and forth helps with that. And then doing the deep squat. If you can, if you can't, you need to work on this, but get to the point where you can keep your heels on the ground and squat all the way down. So you shouldn't be yeah. on your toes like a catcher, you know, which, you know, I had years and years of being a catcher. So I was always in that squat position in baseball and I still couldn't get on my heels. So I was literally in that position for, because it's a very different pelvic tilt which is yeah. where a lot of your issues of lower back, mid back, hip problems. If you have bad back, you usually have bad hips. So conquer the hip issues. And a lot of times you'll be able to conquer the back problems. And it helps with your, your bioconnectivity and you know, how your biomechanics and what, if you're lifting a lot, which you know, most healthcare professionals are moving patients, moving equipment, moving, right? What are you moving? Are you doing it correctly? Do you have good right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything- I used- Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say, Sean, did you guys ever do the back-to-back? Because me and one of my girlfriends used to always do the back-to-back and then bend over. So at least one would get the chest opener of that opposite being hunched over all day. And then the other one would get that deep stretch. Or no. do men not do that? <laughs> no, I, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of guys jump on each other's backs to stretch, but... No, it's just the back-to-back. <laughs> no, I get it, Hold me, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I'm gonna run it by a couple guys, see what happens. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't done that one, but um, there are in, you know, I'm not alone in this. There, you know, probably three out of four guys are very aware of, of what we're talking about, at least half, right? You know, I'm being total general with my statistic here, but as soon as someone bites into one another's energy, meaning like, oh, I get this person's about health and longevity. Uh, you start play off of that. If you got people at your work that are like even aware of it, play off of that. Like Sam was saying, like she would go and do these like, you know, thruster squats with, you know, saline bags together. So mm-hmm. play off of that. So I got a couple of buddies at work to be like, hey, later today, you want to try to get in some core work and stretching? It's like, yes. Now we're keeping each other accountable. And nine yes. times out of 10, when we go to do it, someone else is going to jump in. And you grab them, you clown them, you joke with them. But even if they're, you know, you just get into everyone's head. And like, as you push back the, the unhealthy portion of the meal at the table or whatever it is, people pay attention to that. Hey, dude, have some donuts. And you say, no, 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 not for me. I'm on the program. That was the joke. You know, oh, I'm on the program. <laughs> like, people pay attention to that. And you know what else happens? If I go and take a bite of that donut, I watch probably half my crew go do the same thing throughout the day. So yeah. instigate each other. I'm not saying I'm the lead. I'm just saying like, if I watch my buddy go eat a bunch of donuts, like now I'm more inclined to go do that versus if he says no, now I'm more inclined to say no. If he like goes and makes himself a healthy smoothie, I'm more inclined to do that. So we jump off each other's, you know, habits. So by creating one habit or seeing your friend or your coworker have that habit, like jump onto that, like create that momentum together. Right. Super impactful. It's cool. It, Cause then you start seeing people stop offering you these things too. Like they'll stop offering you the donuts. They stop offering. Cause they're like, Oh no, no, no don't even do that or they start bringing foods that will be like oh well they'll eat this I should bring this to incorporate that 
or hey, this person doesn't eat meat. Maybe we shouldn't bring a bunch of cheeseburgers. Instead, yeah. we're going to bring some veggie wraps. Yeah. But yeah. I literally, uh, my last shift, we were at the store shopping and one of the guys was an out of station guy that was cooking and he goes to grab this big loaf of bread and like some cheese. And my captain interjects and he goes, oh, no, no, no. They, the guys, none of the guys are going to eat that here. And I just like, right. <laughs> like literally a crew of 10. And he's like, no, no, no one's going to touch that here. Like don't even bother. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was a good sign of like right habits create habits among other people. Because mm-hmm. yeah. so, we've been talking a lot about you know physically moving, and we've talked a lot about um, you know the d- nutrition that we put into our bodies. But I would love to talk a little bit about um, mentally um, how we take care of that part of ourselves, and what you guys both each do um, in your professions to kind of take care of that part of yourself, and if you have any. Um, advice for other people and what that is. Sean, I know that you have a journal that you created, so we can touch on that a bit. Um, but yeah, I'd love to just kind of touch a little bit on on the mental uh, part of of um, the connection between health and wellness with, with the mind. Yeah. So when it comes to nutrition, people don't really think that nutrition has an effect on their mental health. Um, but what happens a lot of the times is, I'm sure you've heard of leaky gut, and you're eating all these foods that are causing crazy inflammation in your body. And you have these little junctions in your gut lining that prevent foods or bad foods from being seeped into the rest of your body. But when you are eating foods that are high inflammatory, they are super uh, processed, high in sugar, high in salt, you're causing these junctions to now open up just a little bit. So now all these toxins have the ability to seep into the rest of your body. And it's actually causing the blood brain barrier to become more permeable as well to these toxins, which is now allowing these toxins to go up to your brain, which is why people feel the brain fog, depression, anxiety, how certain things can stress them out a lot more than normal. So nutrition does have a huge effect when it comes to your mental health. Um, But for my own mental health, usually I do a lot of saunas, especially at nighttime, where when I go into these saunas, I turn off my phone, I completely disconnect. This is my, this is my time. Like there is no, no one else's time, but my time. And it's, I'm able to just decompress from the day. I'm able to just turn off my muscles, relax. I'm able to flush out all of the toxins in my system. And those sleeps are probably my favorite because I just knock out for the night. Um, I also go for a lot of walks. And being outside in nature, people don't really realize how grounding it is and how calm you feel afterwards. So even if you are working a shift, I would always just go outside and just stand and sit in the sun because that was such a, I could breathe and I'd feel my shoulders drop and I would feel the stress just kind of dissipate from my body a little bit. So that was another biggie. Um, But yeah, a lot of saunas, cryotherapy, I would like to say it helps with my mental health, but it just stresses me out. As good it is, as it is for your body, it's not my favorite. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the sauna any day. Um, I'm not a journal human. Um, some people are. I actually, boxing, I consider my therapy. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I don't like to talk it out. I just like to punch it out. Um, I don't think people realize how therapeutic that is for you. Um, just really getting any of that pent up aggression or any, honestly, it's just energy in general. Afterwards, I feel that my brain is so mentally clear and so calm that I just feel that huge weight has just been lifted off my shoulders. So I would say boxing and sauna and going for like nature walks. It's probably my favorite when it comes to my mental health. Yeah. 
I ask you how long you like to go into the sauna for? And you said you like to do it at night. Uh, get all yeah. the out, turn off the turn off the phone. How long are you going in for? Um, I'm I like being hot for long periods of time, so I will do it for sixty minutes. Mm -hmm. um, if you can do it for thirty minutes, that's perfect. Thirty minutes is enough for you to really flush out your system, really relax, really decompress. Yeah, uh, yeah. To back on that, uh, Sammy, the the big thing that I've noticed for um, processing uh, a lot of toxic shit that we see, right, both physical and mental. Um, you know, and, and we, we all know if we're, we're in this field, so we can talk a little openly, you know, whether it's dead kids or mangled bodies or literally just people doing really gross stuff to each other, it hits and you're a human and it's going to hit and you got to release it somehow. And every modality that Sammy talked about is um, spot on with, are you exerting an energy to get it out of you? And we're stuck in this day and age and it's not going anywhere where we're in constant stimulation of input. So get your phone out of your hand and go do something where you can now expend the energy. Because if you don't choose how it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen in a way you don't like, right? Energy must come in and it must go out. So if you're constantly stimulating, oh man, I'm beat, I'm gonna go watch TV again, put in energy in and oh, and then I'm just gonna go straight to bed, like good luck. It's gonna come out somehow. And I've seen it with my own life, I've seen it with other people's lives. And that's how you get down that dark, dismal state of burnout. And so, are you walking? Are you expending that energy? Are you connecting with nature? Are you grounding? There's a little, a physics, as simple as it is, you're grounding electrons in your body of like, you create this like toxic nature, toxic nature of polarity and you're grounding it back together. So like connect with energy and connect with that. The sunlight, you know, over 80% of people in America alone are vitamin D deficient, which is one of our mm -hmm. major proponents. That's a hormone, by the way, of creating your happy hormones. So um, and then back to your nutrition, your gut lining, your leaky gut, where is 90% of your serotonin made, Sammy? The gut. Yeah, right? <laughs> so do we all know that? Like, no. And, you know, I have to remind myself of all this stuff constantly too. Um, expend the Yeah, energy. people don't believe these facts. People think all your hormones and everything is made in your brain where you're like, no, actually. No. <laughs> Actually, very few of them, right? They're, yeah, it's all over your body. <laughs> it's in, strangely enough, I think if you follow the chakras, the chakras are right where your, each of your hormones are made. Um, it was super interesting. I noticed that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but yeah, there, it's all through your body. A lot of it's in your gut and obviously your immune system. And, and there's like your gut is, they call it the second brain because it's so powerful and influential to what you're doing and who you are. But so back to how do we process the crazy stuff that we might see? And, you know, as a reminder, every day that I'm on duty, every day that I go into someone's house or to an accident or to a fire or to whatever it is, that's possibly that person's worst day of their life. And so you're dealing with that literally day in, day out. If, if I don't care how tough we are or how tough we think we are, right? You know, and I got a lot of military vets. God bless you. You guys are amazing. I'm not, but like some of these guys come in with this military vet idea of like just freaking hard ass dudes and it's freaking awesome. But they still process it in a way they still choose, mm -hmm. you know, the healthy guys still choose these guys that literally Navy SEALs, that level of, of veteran that I'm working around are still choosing to process it in a healthy way. And the ones that don't, and they'll tell you about it, their buddies that don't, it comes out in a very, very toxic way, whether it's, mm -hmm. you know, alcohol abuse and physical abuse and what you name it. We all know, we know the stats. So we don't need to go down that. So pick your way. 
how are you exerting the energy? Go punch a bag for a bunch, you know, join Sammy on her kickboxing and boxing classes. <laughs> get really intense with that stuff. So I firmly believe that is like <laughs> total therapy, you know, or go for a jog, go for a walk, like do something to exert the energy. Uh, for me, I was never a journaler, ironically, and was having trouble. Here's the catch too. And I don't know if women can relate to this, but men, it wasn't that I couldn't figure out what I was feeling. It's that I couldn't understand that I was feeling anything at all. I don't know if that mm -hmm. resonates with you, but I didn't know that I was feeling stuff. I just saw the outcomes of who I was and how I was acting. I'm like, oh man, that kind of looks like I'm not processing something. I don't even know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up journaling just as why not? I've never really done it. I've kind of tried. I've always wanted to have one, like just, you know, it'd be cool to like write down stories of my life and just go back and look at it. Well, I started journaling with intention and I started noticing as I wrote, there's no judgment in writing. No one's reading this, right? So you can write whatever the hell you want. Stuff started to come up, stuff started to come out. And I started meditative practices, started meditating and then journaling and going back and forth and stuff I didn't even know existed because I had suppressed it, not processed through it, started coming out and I would write about it. And then I would start writing negative, positive, didn't matter. Just start writing, just let it out, let that energy move, right? Writing is an outward movement. I'm putting that energy mm -hmm. out and I'm putting it on paper. And there's something interesting that happens when you, through the dexterity of your physical being, like actually release the stuff, it, the hold goes off. So I, I literally started to feel the hold of something I didn't even know I needed to process, but I knew it was holding me down start to take form, start to take shape. I'd understand it. And then the hold would be released just by me writing it down. Like, oh, it's on the paper now. I don't need to hold on to that anymore. And I saw the effect it started having on me, not only being able to see the, the trauma that I'd been through, whether it was personal trauma or through work or through, you know, loss and of loved ones or whatever it is, we've all been through, God knows how much. Um, I, not only was I able to identify that, but then I was able to process it and change my perspective on it. And that was one of the biggest things. So I'm obviously going to sell journaling here a little bit and you don't have to, you don't have to write, but you know, if you choose to understand that not only does it allow you to pull out what's inside you and like put it into a physical form, but then it allows you to change your perspective. So something that was once dark can be released and then you can put light there. And I know that sounds cheesy and, and woo woo, but it, it's as literal as it sounds. And so that dark area of your mind, of your heart, of your soul, then yeah. becomes bright right? You know, you no longer, I don't have the energy to hold on to that. I don't want to hold on to that. So now what's going to take its place is something positive, something light, something mature and wise. And hopefully, you know, that'll help me be able to process more of that stuff as it comes through life. So I created a journal for men specifically, because I know, like I said, I think, and I'm not trying to assume, but I think women are a little bit more in tune with their emotions. So <laughs> uh, I just know men and the men that I work around and a lot of men that I talk to um, are not. <laughs> And, you know, Sammy and I are actually blessed to have mutual friends, a lot of guys who very much are, and that's kind of a rarity. And so that I've come to find out. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I, and I hate that it's a stigma, but it's, it's cool to be a dude and not talk about your feelings. Like, <laughs> um, I, I don't know why literally for the entirety of our history, like men have always journaled and, and like written and, and shared, whether it's cave drawings or the samurai riding after sword slinging battles or the Romans, or, you know, you pick, pick like a day and age where we had the ultimate warriors, they were processing it somehow. We have written form of it everywhere. That's literally how we have like our history books and written down battles and all this stuff. So I just started creating a journal that could jump into that for men 
and promote healthy masculinity, not toxic, not holding on to this like crazy stuff and then having it come out in a physical way that we didn't process and didn't want. So, right. um, and then I was coached and taught on the four archetypes of male, um, king, magician, warrior, and lover, and how we have all four, but we want to be uh, in control of all four of those houses is what they're called. And those are different aspects to ourselves. We have times where we need to be a warrior or times we need to be a lover, a king or magician, and just understanding that. So the journal kind of walks you through that. And, but okay. it, and those exist too for females. They're, you know, they're just called something different. I think, you know, it's a huntress instead of a warrior and a queen instead of a king. But um, yeah, so for me, you know, Brooke, you brought up journaling has been a very powerful antidote to this. And, you know, because amongst the crews, amongst your coworkers, it's, you would think, oh, that was a bad call. You go home and you talk about it, it's, but you don't. You might a little bit, and, but it's just, it's a weird space. And you're still in work mode. You're still in warrior mode. Well, I need to go in like my lover and magician mode. And I, you don't do that at work because you're on your go. So how are you going to process that? It's going to be usually on your own time. It's either going to be punching a bag at the gym. It's going to be, you know, journaling on your own time, meditating on your own time, walking on your own time. So instead of letting that burnout slope happen, you know, when I go home, I transition well, I do my breath work and hopefully meditate and journal and release this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, physical movement i do a lot i do a lot of physical movement um literally over 11 workouts a week and i know a little aggro on that but i've been monitoring i'm training for this big race i got coming up yeah you don't need to go that extreme but that's just i'm, I'm trying to i have this lofty goal that i'm gonna hit in august and I'll tell you guys about it after but um the point is is like i'm committing to outward movement outward goals yeah. and the energy to process so that it doesn't come up when I'm sitting at dinner with my parents this last weekend and they say something that triggers me. And then all of a sudden I turn into an asshole. Did that happen? No. Has that happened in my past? Yes. And it's not fun. And I don't want it coming out that way. Right. So. Yeah. Find whatever works for you, whatever way. And it might be different. Some days you might feel like punching a bag to get it mm-hmm. out. Other days you might be like, I need to call my mom or I need to talk to my therapist or I need to write it out. Absolutely. Or I need to snuggle with my puppy all day. Like whatever that is. <laughs> to process what you're going through. I think it's really important for people to just realize that there's no really one right way. And just because you do one thing doesn't mean you always have to do it that way. You can kind of just listen to your body and like what you need, because you know, when you're starting to feel run down, you know, when you're starting to feel like I'm so stressed out, I can't take, this is like overwhelming. I need to take a moment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into the sauna for an hour. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I need to do to just shut down and like replenish myself because then you don't have Mm -hmm don't have it to give back in your career you don't have it to give back to your loved ones you don't have it to give back to your family so yeah with you know just how we are in our lives right now everybody is so busy all the time and work does take up so much of that time just being able to um find those moments to um process what you've been through in the stressful stressful jobs that we're talking about um even even any job really um you just have to find that time for yourself. And sometimes it's like, you know, as a nurse or as a firefighter, like getting home, like seeing some of the things you've seen or, or losing patients, you know, you want to you go home and you're like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, how yeah. many, uh, I don't, let's not talk. I don't want to talk about it, you know? And like, so then in your own time, in your own way, it doesn't have to be right then. You just need to find that time for yourself to process it however you need to process it. Absolutely. And just the awareness of it alone is like the biggest step. So being aware that you need to do something and then making those moves, that's all you need. Mm-hmm.
but a lot of people do, they just bury it and they just hope that it'll be better the next day. And then it happens all over again and they hope it's better the next day and it happens all over again. And then like Sean said, five years down the road, you're like, I'm not the same person anymore. It's like, if, if someone would walk away from this and not do anything we said, what are the top three things that they could like think of? And yeah. so like, if, so for me, I would always say this, like top three things. If you're getting burned out throughout your day, one breathe. And one of the breath patterns that I really like for resetting, if you're not doing box breathing, is inhale as much as you can through your nose and then a little bit more. So it's two inhales and then an exhale through your mouth. Do that a couple of times. And I think we talked about this book before, but it's kind of like when you have too many windows open on the browser and, and, the, and your computer's just spinning and nothing's happening. When you're stuck in that mode, it'll help you get you out of that. Um, two, touch your toes. And then three, transition well whether it's from call to call or from work to home, intentionally know and say to yourself, whatever it takes that I am not on that anymore. I'm not on the rig. I'm not in the hospital. I am now at home. And whether yeah. it's through breath work, whether it's through telling your family or your loved ones or whatever, Hey, I need an hour. Just give me an hour and I'll show up and I'll be the best guy ever, but just give me that hour, like transition well. And it's when we go from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, overstimulated and don't release ourselves that's when we get burned out. So transition well. Yeah. I love that. Sammy, what are your three things? What do you have? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah. It's Sean's fault. <laughs> it is Sean's fault, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's just being mindful of what you're putting into your body. It's making the, the, making the space and the time for your own self-care. And um, awareness honestly just awareness that your body can either go for the worst or it can go for the best I think that's but great yeah. the only thing I'd like to add is just baby steps I think you know yeah sometimes I, I struggle with like being able to stay organized and sometimes I say okay Brooke well you're just going to put 20 minutes aside every single day to organize a little bit and then by the end of a two weeks or three weeks I'm very organized does it stay that way <laughs> no. But the point is that I try, like, I can set aside 20 minutes just to try to do something and set a little timer and say, okay, I'm going to try to improve my life in this way. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's just really important for people to remember it's baby steps. It's small changes because the small changes lead to another change, lead to another change. And then before you know it, um, you're just the better, best version of yourself that you can be. So it doesn't have to go from one extreme to the next. A lot of people I feel like are like, they're all or nothing. I think it's just really important to remember, you know, baby steps, making start, start making the small changes. If you're drinking three sodas a day, let's cut it down to one, you know, yeah. let's, let's just try to start somewhere. And then as that becomes a little easier then no soda and kind of just keep going that way. Yeah. Cause I think we I all know like what we need to change, right? We all know kind of in our hearts, like, okay, I'm not, I'm not eating the best or I'm not exercising enough or I'm not doing this well enough. Like I'd like to improve this. I think we all kind of know where we need to work on. Totally. So just that awareness again of saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging this and maybe it's through journaling. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to work on this part of me. Um, but yeah, I think it's just the awareness and exactly everything you guys said. So thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having Yeah. Thank you, Breck. Yeah. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure having you both on and talking about all this really important um, stuff about health and um, mental health and physical health and, and nutrition um, and how to kind of combat all the stresses of our lives. 
Um, it's just been such a pleasure to have you both on and I'm going to link um, all of their information in this podcast so you can find them on Instagram and wherever else they are. Um, I'm sure they would love it uh, if you reached out if you had any questions um, and uh, functional hero as well and um, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Brooke.